Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. It's been devalued so much. Your playing career is not going to be as long as you really want it to be. Two. And three, you have tight ends making more than running backs. If I played receiver or cornerback, I would still be playing the league to this day and still making $15, $16 million a year at those positions. Former NFL running back Chris Johnson on the NFL devaluing running backs. The holdout continues for Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Well, why didn't Chris Johnson move to tight end then? Excellent question, PK. (laughs) Probably because he wasn't big enough. Well, go to receiver. Plenty big enough there. There you go. And I would expect him to back one of his own. It's not a big surprise. It would be a surprise if it was the other way. Dallas Cowboy quarterback Dak Prescott reportedly rejected a contract offer that would have paid him $30 million a season on average. Prescott reportedly wants as much as $40 million a year. I That's according to a report on the NFL Network. <laughs> yeah, well, Yach wants 60 and I want 70 And somebody listening now wants 80 You're going to take a pay cut? Yeah, probably. And Tony Brown lost his grievance against the NFL over wearing his old helmet. He's not planned to appeal the ruling. He's expected to rejoin the Raiders in training camp soon. He's been dealing with frostbitten feet. Hopped in one of those Super Cairo post-practice cooling things, I guess, and didn't have on the little proper socks, and well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. But, got to miss some two-a-days, so that's a benefit. I thought he'd appeal and miss some more, but what do I know? DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So how much do you anticipate the backups? Why do you always use that announcer voice? (laughs) Because I'm a professional. I'm a professional, you know, Kyle. You're not the only professional here, buddy. So with that in mind, Coach, (laughs) with with how much do you anticipate the backup running backs getting participation, touches, catches, running in the game? Uh, I think that's a game-to-game thing as well, depending on how many times you run the football. If we run the football 45 times, Zach Moss is not going to carry it all 45 times. So that's, you know, 15 or 20 touches that, that we got to distribute elsewhere. And so, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley will account for a handful of those. And so, what, uh, a dozen, a dozen to 15 other uh, other guys besides Zach Moss and the QB. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you. <laughs> Did you have a good time with that? Thank you. He brought it up, so <laughs> what the heck? Why not have a good time with it? So does that mean that uh, the quarterback's going to be running a lot less? Boy, he said a handful. Doing, doing the math there, it sounded like that was three to five. Now he's just throwing stuff out of practice, so maybe we shouldn't hold him to that. But that he doesn't often just throw stuff out of practice, so I want to hold him to it a little bit. Well, I would hold him to it a little bit because I can remember Ludwig telling me in spring ball that they will call plays that will be forcing Huntley to hand the ball off because everything will dictate that that is the play. And this kid is already a college graduate, and he will know that. He's smart enough to figure that out. So, yes, I don't think they intend to run Huntley as much. Probably a good thing. Keep the threat of him breaking one like he did at Washington State. 
or in any of probably a few other games as well. That's the one that comes to mind. But you keep him likely keep him healthier. I mean, looking at his stats, I mean, he routinely had 10 carries in a game. I mean, he had double figures. That was no big deal if he did that. Seems like that isn't going to happen. I don't think there's anything you can do to keep someone healthier short of not playing them. Well, Jane Daniels is going to risk injury then. Arizona State named the true freshman as the starting quarterback. You uh, had heard this from your uh, your peeps down there in the Valley of the Sun. Well, all practices are open, so they can see it for themselves. <laughs> it was no surprise. First true freshman to start a season opener in school history. Yeah. The times they are changing. I th- well, yeah, but I think it was out of desperation too. If they'd had a good junior, he might have been the guy. Yeah, I don't. They didn't have one. They didn't. They had so many guys transfer who didn't want to wait around. So be it for them. I mean, last year they had four starting quarterbacks out there in Division One that had been at ASU at one point, including Bryce Perkins for Bronco in Virginia. And if Bryce Perkins, a local kid, went to that Chandler High powerhouse. If he had stayed, then he would be the quarterback this year. But he's not. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. It's really important to me because the last stat I heard was that like 60% of television households in the country are in the Eastern time zone. And so with the sport being as popular as it is, and you're starting so late with these games in the Western Conference, just moving them up a little bit is going to allow people in that time zone to be able to tune in and watch the games. And so it makes all the sense in the world. And and the reality is that the Western Conference is is stacked. It's loaded from top to bottom and putting the best product product on the court at the time when the most number of fans can see it. It's a priority for the NBA. Steve Starks talking about the NBA moving national TV games earlier. You'll see some national TV games at 8 for the Jazz instead of 8.30 as a lot of the ESPN doubleheaders slide up about half an hour. Absolutely the right move. They also did a good job of making sure those teams on the West Coast get the spots uh, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, try to get them earlier and not put them so late on a weeknight work night. Sure, great. Number of doubleheaders, or the number, excuse me, doubleheaders, the number of back-to-backs also dropping. Average team has about 12 or 13 back-to-backs now. That's down from, man, a few years ago, it was 20. Jazz only have 11. <laughs> Favoring them again. There it is. <laughs> Mike Conley gets his trip back to Memphis November 15th. Jazz are going to open the season against... Oklahoma City on October 23rd. That'll be different with Westbrook gone. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Get, I, it's going to take a long time to get used to it. <laughs> DJ PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Pitch to Torres. Hit in the air to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's Glaber Day. He homers into the right center field seats. And the Yankees take a 4-1 lead. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. He's done it again. Another three-run home run for Glaber Torres. Glaber Day. He is the Glaber of the month. He hits a three-run blast. Glaber Torres, three homers. The Yankees sweep a doubleheader from the Orioles, 8-5 and 11-8. Glaber Torres has now hit 13 home runs against the Orioles this year, and the record 
is 14. Lou Gehrig took Cleveland deep 14 times in 1936. Another record I didn't know existed. But there it is. Indians now on top in the Central Division. They beat the Red Sox. So they're a half game up in their race with the Minnesota Twins who had the day off. Bees were shut out in Iowa. They play again today, 11 o'clock this morning. Listen to the game on 1280 The Zone. Our regular shows will be over on 97.5 The Zone. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Jay Drew is going to join us to talk about uh, BYU. What he knows about the Cougars as the countdown continues to the opener. Jay getting ready to leave the Salt Lake Tribune and jump to the Deseret News. Do you know when that happens? As I'm announcing on Twitter. You know when uh, it was effective. He told me last week it was uh, supposed to be Friday. His last day at the watchdog is Thursday, unless that's changed. I, t- I spoke to him yesterday, but he hadn't told me, so I'm thinking that's uh, that's the plan. Sports Jeopardy at 8.30 took me win. UCLA beat writer for the Southern California News Group is here to talk UCLA football at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz will open the season against the Oklahoma City Thunder at home on October 23rd. The NBA schedule was released. Kawhi Leonard will return to Toronto as a member of the Clippers on December 11th. Just hours after NBA agent Rich Paul penned an op-ed piece for The Athletic about the so-called Rich Paul rule the NCAA implemented requiring agents representing NCAA players for exploring their draft options to have a bachelor's degree, the NCAA changed the rule and will not require the agents to have a degree, but they will still need to be in good standing with the NBA Players Association. Oklahoma football coach Lincoln Riley told the media that Alabama grad transfer Jalen Hurts has shown well for the Sooners, but Riley has not named Hurts as the starting quarterback in Norman, Oklahoma. Top of, the wi- Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out the Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The European Space Agency and NASA have joined forces, and they are offering people $19,000 to lay in bed for 60 days. Well, that sounds like my freshman year of college right there. 60 days would kill me unless... I had a few things there to entertain me. Can you make that sound any creepier than you just did? What? What do you... That was as creepy as anything. <laughs> Gordon Monson thinks that sounded creepy. Can you just play back that? Unless I had a few things there to entertain me. <laughs> That's creepy. Draw me like your French women, Jack. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on the way. That's 801-543-2222. PK was up at youth's practice messing around with Kyle Whittingham, but PK still can't see stuff. Won't see anything until the opener with BYU. So, limited amounts of information coming out of there. 
I got nothing for you. (laughs) They're all looking great. (laughs) (laughs) Offense's install is done, and now it's refining, and Bam Bam's got to work his way into shape. I mean, nothing new out of there. It's all going through the motions now. Small sample size. You fans I'm talking to, not completely buying the hype. Talking to a couple of you fans I know about, why don't you go down to the USC game? See if they win at the Coliseum for the first time. It's a Friday night game. You can go to the beach or go to Disneyland or do whatever you want to do and make a weekend out of it on a Saturday. And you would think a team that sounds like it's going to have a big year, that's picked to have a big year, the coaches seem upbeat about the way things are going, you'd think people would be on board, but, man, you can just find one reason after another. Nah, I've done it before. They always lose down there. Yeah, but I could probably find 5,000 and say yes. You think there are going to be 5,000 fans oh, down sure. there? Yeah. This seems like the best road trip to go on. Why, why pump the brakes on this? Unless, you know, you can't go on every road trip. You're saving up for the Pac-12 title game. I think you saving have life to Bowl. live, man. If you get kids in school, it's on a school day. and Yeah, the two people I was talking to didn't have kids in school. Oh, so two people said they're not going to go. <laughs> well, at Channel 2, how many of you fans do you think we have running around with all the Cougar fans? See, there's you, Fox, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> James, the weekend producer, who you walk right by, and he wants to be entertained by you. Is, how about shy to talk to you. Is he related to James the Mormon? I don't think so, but we can check <laughs> that JTM out. Now JTM, get it Whatever right. happened to James the Mormon? He's he was, still around. He was big there he's for a while. He's now JTM. There's no James the Mormon anymore. Oh, I didn't know Taking that. it to the next level with the JTM? Yep, pretty much. Showing maturity in the act? Mm-hmm. Stepping things up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be performing at jazz games? <laughs> Who knows? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I can't answer why those two people at Channel 2 aren't going to the game. <laughs> I got nothing for you. I, hype is hype. Whether you buy it or not, it's not for sale. It It's there. Your guy yesterday, the hammer, you love yourself some Wilner, and his preseason AP top 25 had them sixth. So it doesn't matter whether you buy the hype. It's not for sale. It is there whether you want to acknowledge it or whether you don't. It doesn't matter. Whether you embrace it or run from it. Yeah. He's still going to pick him sixth. He already has. Which is the highest anyone. The thing comes out, I think, Monday. Yep, Monday, August 19th. Yeah. So that's uh, six days. We have a six. Uh, have a AP top twenty-five countdown. Day six. Tomorrow, day five. We can just keep doing this. Day six. You don't get any six. run off of it, but we'll keep doing it. Uh, so yeah, the hype doesn't. It doesn't matter whether what some fans think. Their opinion is irrelevant. And the only reason why you wouldn't buy it is you're trying to soften the blow in case it doesn't happen. Well, if it doesn't happen, so what? Revel in it. What difference does it make? It's, these are not things you can control. And you're not going to convince anybody of anything. That's a waste of time. If there's a hardcore fan who's hurt by the Utes not meeting the expectation, then he or she will come up with reasons in their minds why it didn't happen. It's like last year with the schedule, the NBA schedule and all that. The Jazz, they weren't what some people who are really, really into it want. Well, it's because the schedule was too tough. Well, the reality was they weren't good enough. That's the only reason. 
That's not, the schedule is what it is. It's not whether it's too tough or not. It's you're not good enough for that schedule. But you don't want to say they're not good enough because I really love those guys. And they mean a lot to me. So I say the schedule. Not they weren't good enough for the schedule. Or I got our guys had injuries. If not for that fluke play, they win that Pac-12 title game. Well, that's just somebody who is deeply invested and loves the coaches and the people and the players and everything. So you have to come up. Jordan pushed off. This one play out of 500. But that's why my guys didn't win. We got statues for them. But that's why they didn't win. It's not them. The most creative excuses as to why you didn't win. Go. 3-2-1. Not, I'm not good enough. It's, oh, it's something else. I think people ought to grab the phone, grab the open mic, and give us the creative excuses. Yeah. Because we can knock out the easy ones. Injuries, refs, 1A, 1B. Schedule. But you're right. Those are two obvious ones people point to most of the time. Get creative, people. We know you can do it. Grab the phone, use the app, use the open mic, send... Send, get your 15 seconds of fame. Send it to Yach right now. Who comes out and say, we sucked? New coaches who know they have time. Yeah, I haven't heard of it from... The, that what they don't, they don't say we suck. They tell you beforehand that it is such a monumental task and it's going to take time. And then if anything happens in the world, well, that puts it in perspective... So what they're saying, please don't judge me on wins or losses, because over here, this plane accident or what have you, that's way more important. The, the fires in California, the floods, whatever it might be, that's way more important. I listened to Mike McIntyre after the Utah game last year go on about the, the, the Cal game was rescheduled because of the fires, wasn't it? Was it last year? That's what it was. And so he went on in his postgame. He must have talked 10 minutes on it. Because I got to speak here for 15 minutes, and I surely don't want to talk about that crap we just saw. So I'm going to talk about how, you know, we're going to do stuff for the people in Northern California. We're going to get up there early and uh, go to the local whatever and help them with what. Because he didn't want to stop. That's all great and everything. But, Mike, you guys sucked out there. You've lost six games in a row after starting five and zero. So deflect. Don't say man, we sucked, and I'm not going to get this program going. I want to take my $10 million and go out, go someplace else. I ain't going to say that. So it's the schedule. Jordan pushed off. It's this. It's that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, every team has ample opportunity to win games. Whether you get it done or not, it's up to you. All those other possessions in the Pac-12 title game that ended with punts? Drop passes? Yeah, so we fo- if not for that fluke play, I mean, come on. Really? They could have gone down and kicked a field goal in 1-6-3. There for the taking. Yeah, Chris Peterson last month down in Pac-12 Media Day. Guys, man, it's good to talk to you guys from Utah. We sure were lucky, man. If not for that fluke play, we would have lost. I couldn't believe it when he said that. I missed that part. So did I. I listened to so much. <laughs> It's always something. One time I was in Little League, and I was pitching. a runner on third. Game was in the balance where it's a tie score. And a butterfly flew 
right across. And it distracted me, and I dropped the ball. And they called a balk, and we lost the game. And I said, the butterfly, the butterfly flew right right by me, right in my face. How do you expect me to do it? And it became a big thing for a whole week. They were mocking me. That's what we did back in Jersey. It didn't matter that I was 10 years old. <laughs> hey, butterfly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was my excuse, the butterfly. Well, I dropped the ball in my windup, and they called a balk. Kid from third scored. So it was the butterfly game. <laughs> How many more stories do you have? Never get to the bottom of them. I don't have a butterfly game story. Wish I did. That was a big, big deal. They used to put, in my town, they'd put the standings on a marquee of the Little League. Wow. <laughs> Huge deal. And the Daily Record, which was the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Published the standings? And recaps. Of Little League games. Not of Little League games, of all-star Little League games. Oh, uh, okay. And so... <laughs> In, uh, the, uh, we played it to, to no, advance to Williamsport, so it was yeah. a big deal. We never got there, although I did play on the field. We did go for a tournament, so I have been. But they started mm. like right from the start, covering games. Or you were pretty far in the tournament. No, they started once the All-Stars as were named. As soon as named. the All-Stars were named. Yeah, it was a huge deal. People in the community came out. And I got my name. I went two for four with two RBIs, but f- instead of the H... On uh, with it, it was miss. Uh, there was a typo, and it came Y. And me and my brother-in-law, for years, and he's passed, but for years, I mean, 25, 30 years later, witty two RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who went two for four with two RBIs, we would say witty two RBIs because he was much older than me. Because my sisters are older than me, so when I was twelve, he was in his twenties. So he was either dating my sister or married to her. So he saw that, and it became witty two RBIs. To the phones, 855-340-ZONE. Jordan, good morning. Good morning. How's it going, guys? Great, Jordan. Couldn't be better. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I think the worst excuse that I hear for losing is we didn't want to be there. Oh, yes, Jordan. (laughs) Very good. Thank you very much. Alabama, the Sugar Bowl. That uh, that gets under your skin, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, hey, guys, you're in a bowl game. Like, this is a game you earned. Right. Play the game, win or lose, or don't play. You know, don't show up. You're not going to be there. Yeah. Win. Thanks for the call, Jordan. That really irritated me on that Alabama thing. That irritated me big time. Because I sat, at that point, I was no longer working for the watchdog. So I was down there as a radio TV guy. And they sat me in that area where in the regular press, so it was an auxiliary press box, the regular press box, they'll make an announcement, no cheering, and people who write for a living know they're not supposed to do that, so you don't hear anything. Well, in the radio TV, they were openly cheering. The Alabama people were openly cheering. It was driving me nuts. I turned into the biggest Ute fan ever that night because I came from 20-some years background of print, and this openly cheering was just so unbecoming. If you want to do that, there's 80,000 of those seats out there. You can go do it to your heart's content. But don't take a free ticket and come in here and violate the code. And they're cheering wildly, and then they get beat, and then we hear, oh, they didn't want to be there. That, that's, the, that's the old line with BYU. Well, they beat a real good team. Yeah, but that team wasn't really good that year. But then when they, when they hammer BYU... 
Wow, see, BYU sucks. It's never, wow, BYU wasn't good that year. And of course you beat them when they aren't very good. You know why teams don't beat those good teams? Because almost nobody does. That's why they're good. They win all their games. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So you're not the... And the, and that Utah is in that plays position now, but at the time they were the the underdog. Even if I don't even know what the line was in that game, but that's the, not the point. They were the underdog program rather than specific lines on a game. So you can't have any benefit from it because if you lose, well, see. But if you win, ah, yeah, but they didn't want to be there. So there's nothing to be gained, and it was it's the same thing with the Cougars all those years. Well, they beat so yeah, but that that team was down. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't count. Look at them; they sucked. So well, you got to get some credit if you win. And you only take the blame if you lose? That used to drive me nuts for the Cougars. And that's like the only time. And the Cougars have had it for years. Because I used to hear it down in California. And you heard nothing about Utah at that time. Now you do. And I think that Alabama game was the only time Utah ever had to deal with, well, if we lose, we suck. And if we win, we're not going to get any credit for it. Here come the excuses. People are tweeting at us. Clint, the dog ate my football. Ooh. Ryan, football is fifth. Worst excuse for a loss ever. Football is fifth. Was that an excuse? Not a post-game excuse. It was more uh, just a general overall overview excuse. Yes. Because it's not that important. Okay. I don't think he was talking about, again, that's a Bronco Mendenhall quote yeah. from a decade ago. Well, now we're talking Fish. about faith, family, and cash. Yes, I'll take that Virginia job. And then, I don't know what's fourth, but then football's fifth. <laughs> faith, family, and cash. Those are my big three. And I actually, Thanks, the third one I'd put in my stage of life right now, almost, uh, well, yeah, no, I'd put it number one. Let's call it like it is. <laughs> Who the hell am I kidding? I, I put it number one. The intent has really been to design the most complete program in the world. And I didn't say best program. I said the most complete. And that isn't specific to the standards that are asked of me here at BYU. And there are four specific criteria. The first is I'm supposed to develop each young man spiritually. That is my first job. That's what I'm asked to do. The second is to help them grow intellectually. That's the second thing I'm asked to do. These are in order, by the way, of how I've been asked. The third thing is to make sure I develop character of young people. The fourth, then, is to help them provide service to the world. Then after that I was asked to be really really good at football and I think that what's important there if you want to get on Bronco is when he's saying I was asked Asked. because he was literally it wasn't asked he was told he wasn't asked to do it he downplayed it he was literally told this is what you will do brother so he just regurgitated what he was told to do and people didn't like it too much faith in the football. That's what he was told to do? That was his job description. I don't know about you, but my bosses tell me to do something. There's like a 99.9% chance I'm doing it. If they look at me and say, this, you will, I need you to do this. Yep. <laughs> so, that hasn't come up since yesterday. So, I... Yeah, I, I got a call from Scotty last week. Hey, I need you to do this. Yep. So I had to cancel some other plans because I had to do it. He told me, I got you got to do it. He's the guy in charge. So I never came down on Bronco with the religion crap. I know others did. I know Gordon liked to do it. But that's what he was charged to do. What do you expect him to do? I think people would – well, first off, and I believe that, but 
other people don't put it out front. I mean, they're told to do something since so they do it, but That's they don't Bronco. explain it to the world. That's because Bronco. I don't, I don't think any of Kalani's bosses going all the way up the food chain and changed their mind about everything. But Bronco isn't talking, or excuse me, Kalani isn't talking about it the way Bronco. Oh, I totally it. disagree. Really? Yes. You think Kalani was told go win? What do you mean? And it's not fifth. Football isn't fifth. Well, go be really good at football. Two different things here. At the time Bronco took over the program, it was a national disgrace. They had had some high-profile, yes. messy situations and nobody right. wanted to be attached to. Right. Right. Doesn't matter who you are. The most renegade program out there didn't want to be. Would have been hanging yeah. their head. And then you have a church program on top of that. It's supposed to be a missionary arm, according to their own acknowledgement, and this was the exact opposite. So he takes off a program that is a is an embarrassment at that point. And I spoke to not two Cougar fans at Channel 2. I spoke to dozens throughout the community over that three-year period at the gym. I can't tell you how many ex-BYU football players I spoke to. It was on and on. I'm sure you did, too. And they were and, all... Yeah. Uh, Irritated. No, they were, they <laughs> they were, were beyond furious. irritated. They, they were, were furious. And so he took yeah. over a situation at that time that required more emphasis on that. Uh, but Kalani, you have to be in your own style. Bronco is blunt without necessarily always understanding the ramifications or not caring about the ramifications. And so he would speak out there without worrying about or checking out, well, which way is the wind blowing in terms of uh, is this going to be accepted or not? He spoke his mind. Uh, Kalani's a little more media savvy, and so he's not that. But I had a someone at BYU, after they went 9-4 and four and then 4-9, and say to me, man, Kalani sounds just like Bronco. <laughs> yes. And that was someone who's employed – at BYU to be a part of the athletics program. Said that. He sounded just like Bronco now. So, yes, I think it's there. He's doing it in his own style. So it's not as grating? Well, everybody likes Kalani more than they liked Bronco. That's that's the thing there. So it's not as grating because Kalani does it in his own style. Plus, Kalani came into the program with so much goodwill built up Fact. among the constituents. And they were tired of losing to Utah. And he was a Ute who said, I'm coming there instead of the other way. I'm going there. I'm coming home. And it was uncool to be a BYU coach where it was way cool to be a Utah fan and to be a Utah coach. You can be hip and be all that to the, you know, you were woke if you were coaching at Utah to the 100th. And Ooh, at BYU, at BYU, no. So they felt like they can salvage a little something here. Now he's got to win. And so he was one of their own. The first one who was a Lavelle Edwards disciple. 16 years after he built that program, they finally got one of their own. They got two outsiders to the dismay of Coach Edwards, and then they got one of their own. And we saw everybody in their dog rally around him. Reno Mahe had one of the best quotes, I usually talk your head off, but I'm speechless. (laughs) 
And if you know Reno, he he can he talk your head, your head off. off right? And he said, "I'm speechless because not only did he have his one of his own, but he had somebody with a skin color of his own. And that's not that many. There's what? It's just him and Niamatololo, like the only two guys out there. Only two Polynesians. Yeah. yeah. So they Reno had additional pride. He was a BYU guy. He's a Polynesian guy. He's a Lavelle guy. All these things. And so the second they announced Kalani, there was universal acceptance because he was one of our own, man. We can relate to this guy. He's not weird. He doesn't talk in distorted language. All those things that perceived Bronco did. I had no problem with the guy. I love the guy. But everybody else. So Kalani, in whatever he says, it's going to be taken more accepting. Now, that was at the beginning. Now he's in his fourth year, and it's about winning. Which ultimately it would have been about winning with Bronco. It's just that he could even ratchet up the stakes because he won right off the bat. And then you do get to talk about whatever you want. Yeah. And people will roll with it largely. Because Antonio you Brown wasn't saying, I want to wear my own helmet when he was a rookie. They don't do that. You wait till you're established and then you throw your leverage around. Got another excuse here. This is an excuse we haven't heard as much of lately. What? Shiloh. We're playing against older men with wives and kids. When BYU sucks, it suddenly doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah, I know. That always drove me nuts, too. As if having wives and kids was an advantage. It actually just came up just about a week ago with Tennessee fans. Uh, well, Tennessee fans, shut up. <laughs> so they're worried. It's they're worried. Maturity they're worried. is an advantage, but maturity doesn't equal skill. If it equaled skill and had a decided advantage out on the football field, that would be great. But it does not. If anything, it's a detriment. It's a detriment to the program. I've had BYU basketball coaches tell me that all the married guys, the more married guys you have, the more difficult it is to build cohesiveness. Because they want to get home to their, they're in love still. If they were married for 15, 20 years, then it would be a different story. And then they'd, they'd want to linger at the basketball practice, uh, facility longer. See what you did there. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> Having linger longer <laughs> at the basketball facility. Yeah, if, they, if they, they could have 40-year-olds play basketball, well, well sweetheart, I, I got to be here. But no, so they're looking to book it, so it actually hurts in building team unity. Now, that's right out of the coach's mouth. Not, there's nothing that I've said that hasn't been told to me. And so the, I was told even this year they're going to have nine married guys. And they're not together. And there's a, um, a guy on the football team that I know who said, the married guys get to go home. We're expected to be here. Players, yeah. coaches, players, 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 players. Yeah, there's a distraction. Yeah, not treating players the same way. So, being married, I don't think is that big of an advantage. All it does, to a good degree, is that's one less thing the coaches have to worry about when it comes to honor code because uh-huh, it's legal, so to speak. <laughs> no, it is. Any idea what you're talking about? <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> So, or don't. Yeah, I think they know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think they do. Hence the early marriages, because Mormon missionaries, they're like anybody else at 20, 21, 22. 
And, you know, they want to let the good times roll, too. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up next, the countdown continues. The Utes and Cougars as we inch closer to the game. At 8 o'clock, Jay Drew, soon to make the jump from the Trib to the D News. Still covering BYU. He'll join us. We'll talk Cougars with him in about 20 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, 100 days to the 100th game. We counted all the way down to day 16. Yak, what can you tell us about the number 16 in the rivalry? The number 16 is the winning score for BYU in Lavelle Edwards' first game as head coach of the Cougars against Utah. They won 16-7. From that time on, between 1972 when that happened and 1992, BYU won an incredible 19-2 against Utah. Most dominant streak they've had, obviously. More genuflecting to Lavelle Edwards than the brilliance. Turning that rivalry on its head, and it has since turned back. Had a decade after he left. Yeah, not to that extent yet, because yeah. we don't, we haven't had time. But it could be. Uh, but Lavelle Edwards's job grows more phenomenal. And maybe that is because the rivalry has turned. Since he retired, it's 13-4, to 4, Utah. There's that your 13 a, number, Yach, yeah, for three that, days from now. That just sucks cool. right there. We had um, I was uh, substituting, doing the show last night with Jake Scott, and Rubel was on. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned how they can draw some momentum from win- not winning the game, but playing well. You know, because a, 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 a game can come down to a play. As the rivalry frequently does. Two years ago, uh, SC and Utah, it came down to a play. Troy Williams came up a half a yard short. I don't see how you feel bad about that. You battled them right. It was even. You came up a half yard short. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. And for the Trojans, good on them. They won. But the Utes, it was a heck of an effort. Don't feel bad about it. I, I No. They, 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 they played their butts off. And so that could happen, and you can lose. And I was suggesting that you can draw momentum from that going forward. But Burrell, Rubel, he didn't want to hear it. 
No momentum. Must win. Yeah, pretty much. Line? That's the way I took it. And I I could be wrong, but that's the way I took his response. And it's not just, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying that's a, a, a his opinion that it, you've got to win. I thought they uh, this team, the Hammers got him ranked 6th. So if you play the sixth ranked team in the in the country close, and then you keep playing that caliber of football, yes, that should add up to eight or nine wins down the road. Right. He he wouldn't have it, and good good on him for not going there. I went there because I thought you substitute anybody else six LSU. Use LSU as an example. They might be ranked well, six. Well, since Utah seven. State plays LSU, yeah. if Utah State plays LSU close, what's that going to mean for the rest of? I think it, it portends right. good things. He wouldn't have it. BYU fans, I ask you, one to another. So you're taking a rational view of the whole season. and Well, this is the season. He's, but he's lived the rivalry, and they want to beat their rival. Yeah, I know. Don't wanna, they right. don't want to let the team off the hook I and got all that. not have the high bar. You're and, absolutely right. And then after he went on and said what he said, I came back and said, well, to me, this season for BYU, the goal is eight. Because if the goal in the regular season, speaking of, if they reach eight, Kalani is getting a contract extension. And those coaches, if they choose to stay, have jobs. And they have a good story to tell. Ultimately, that's the goal is to stay employed. And if they reach eight, there is no way, unless there's some crazy breaking of the rules or what have you, that Kalani's not the coach next year. So if they get eight and you have a loss to Utah, he gets an extension. So I was taking a broad view of the season. Now, granted, if they lose to Utah, the reality is I couldn't care less. Right. So I don't have that emotional investment. I understand that. But I'm still I'm looking at 12 games, not one game. Sure, but I see assuming that you took Greg the right way. I see what he's saying, you know, if you beat a team that's preseason pick to win the Pac-12 South, 6 in the country, 12th somewhere else, 15th somewhere else, 8. Line yourself up for Right. So then two, baby. So go ahead, beat Utah and then just add all sorts of enormous pressure that you're not going to live up to. Because SC isn't a rivalry game. Washington isn't a rivalry game. Well, there'd be a letdown at Tennessee, Tennessee the next week. Toledo, South Florida, those are those are teams that at least now are all capable of beating you. Particularly you, you've got to go to Toledo, you've got to go to Tennessee, you've got to go to Florida. So you could lose all three of those games. And if you beat Utah, they're going to say, what the heck? You just beat a team that's big, uh, uh, expected to be in a college playoff or being in contention, and you lost to these guys? You suck! <laughs> so you're actually putting more pressure on yourselves by beating Utah. I'm trying to help you people out. <laughs> when the voice gets that high, that's just funny. <laughs> I'd make yes. no apologies for passion. That would be a good... Try that as a drop. Let's see if that works. That could be all we'll give purpose. Because, you know, there's a lot of times we got to talk about players or teams that sucked. Sometimes teams just lose by time. I know. That's I get up exactly. every day looking forward to it. <laughs> laying in bed, scanning <laughs> the phone. All right. Who lost by Man, 30? Man, is the alarm going to go off yet? Come on. I got I want to get up. I want to get to work. Somebody lost by 30. There's we got people to rip. 
A DJ, there's people to praise. I mean, we need opposites here. We don't need a, two guys doing the same thing. That doesn't work. It really doesn't. So, so yeah. So beating Utah, if you live up to it, great. But if uh, you, you don't, you're talking us in. You're talking us in into knots here. Like BYU doesn't want to beat Utah. Well, of course they do. They want to get to eight. That's the goal. And if they beat eight. Utah, they will. But if they play, if they get beat fifty-four to ten, well, then you got issues. But yeah, if, if you battle those guys, and it's not a crappy game, like Cal was a crappy game last year. Uh, Northern Illinois was a crappy game. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a nice game. You're moving the ball. Things are happening, and the Utes make a play, and they win. In the individual moment, I don't see how you feel all that bad because there's a winner and loser in every single game. And did you play well? Yeah, I think that given the Ute defense, that uh, they might look like those Northern Illinois and Cal games. Defensive, low scoring. Okay, you can be low scoring, but you can't be like it was against Northern Illinois. Well, 7-6 to six is yeah. really off the charts. But, I mean, when you play a 20, what was the Cal game? Was that like 2013, something like that? Something like that, right. Yeah. But Cal played a 12-10 game with Washington. Washington was obviously Yeah, but the Cal's offense is expected to be better this year. You got Tyson Williams. <laughs> you he's, do. He's a he he's a black guy from the SEC. SEC, come on. SEC. He's SEC. got a beard card. He's all sorts of special. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking.